our reading. Thank you, Sally. Today's Bible reading is from John 11, verses 17 to 27 and 38 to 44, and you can find it on page 1078 of the Church Bibles. Jesus comforts the sisters of Lazarus. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odour, for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth round his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. Morning. Just checking it was on. Well, as you know, this is a a healing service. I'm going to tell you a story to start with, and uh, then we'll pray, and then we'll dig into the passage, shall we? So uh, my family uh, committed to follow Jesus when I was a teenager. I was about 14 or 15. It's a bit of an epic story. Four out of the five of us uh, went to, came to follow Jesus. And fairly close to the start of that, um, my father 
um, had a quite a serious operation. He was in ICU for a while as well when Battle Hospital was, uh, was functioning. Um, and that left him with, uh, with a, a scar from, from here to here. Very Martha, Lazarus is really ill. Come quick. But instead of rushing up there, he deliberately delays by 48 hours. And then he goes, and that's probably a two-day journey back. And with a two-day journey up for the messenger, that's probably six days since the messenger left. So it's not really a surprise that by the time Jesus arrives in Bethany, Lazarus has already been gone uh, for four days, uh, which is significant because uh, decay was deemed to set in after four days. And if you know your Old Testament, you'll know that there's a prophecy that you will not let your Holy One see decay, which is why Jesus was raised on the third day, not the fourth and the custom was that uh, if someone died, you, you would put them um, in their tomb immediately. So that was the norm. And generally, family stayed home for a whole week afterwards. And the only reason to venture out was actually to go to the tomb. And that explains why Martha came out first and why Mary initially stayed put and why the mourners were still there, because they would still have been there for the full week. So Jesus arrives and he stays on the edge of the village, um, perhaps to avoid unwelcome attention. He's probably taking a risk to go. It's not very far from Jerusalem. In fact, the temple is less far away from Bethany than we are from Reading Abbey. It's down the road. So Martha arrives first and Jesus then makes this monumental declaration that I, I am the resurrection and the life. And to paraphrase, if you believe in me, death will have no permanent grip on you. And Mary arrives with the entourage of mourners. Martha then leads the way to Lazarus's tomb where Jesus in a loud voice commands Lazarus to come out and to everyone's astonishment he does. Well that's the story with a little bit of background um, but what treasures can we pick out to, to feed our hearts this morning? Well firstly there's no indication at all that Lazarus did anything wrong. His sickness wasn't a punishment. Now, the Sadducees and the Pharisees both taught that if you were poor or sick or disabled, it must mean that you were under a cloud with God. And perhaps privately, you might even wonder to yourself if you have a problem, whether that might be the case, because the human mind just roots around for reasons. We're always after cause and effect. Sometimes it might be expressed as, what have I done to deserve this? Ever heard somebody say that? We love to find reasons, but Jesus' attitude was completely different. He always wanted to encourage the poor and heal the sick, who incidentally were usually the same clientele, because if you were sick or disabled, you couldn't work, and if you couldn't work, you couldn't earn, so you ended up poor. 
But the kingdom of God is always good news to the downtrodden, and it lifts the heart, never crushes it. Second point, related to that, we need to grasp how much God loves us. And many of us really do struggle with this. You, you tell me, why did Jesus weep when he knew in advance that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead? It says twice that he was upset. And the answer is actually not complicated. Don't have to go into deep theological explanations. Jesus just plain felt for them. It's so valuable to know and understand in our hearts that when we're struggling, he knows how we feel and he does care. You matter to God. Many of us find that almost impossible to grasp. Perhaps it's because we're honest enough to know that that we know ourselves better than anyone else, don't we? That we're not that wonderful. And it doesn't seem to make sense that God, who knows absolutely everything, could know everything about us and still love us. But if we're his child, he will love us to our whitest hairs. Because what parent doesn't love their child forever? A GP, not me, was asked to visit a 95-year-old lady Um, in a nursing home. Nothing particularly unusual about that, but uh, when he got there, found out what the problem was, the lady said to him, it's okay, doc, I can go now. And GP said, okay, um, but you've been here for a while. Um, Why do you say that now? And she said, well, Doc, it's because my, my youngest, my, he's 72 and he's just gone into a residential home, so I can stop worrying now. <laughs> and parenthood is uh, 18 years of responsibility and a lifetime of worry, isn't it? So um, God cares about us and he's not going to give up on you in a hurry. So thirdly, God can handle our anger and frustration when Mary and Martha came out to greet Jesus, did you notice how double-edged their greetings were? Because both of them in turn say, Lord, if you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. Which sounds to me like a reproach, even an accusation. Couldn't you have got here earlier? Couldn't you have made more effort? And Jesus doesn't lay into them. He doesn't rip them off a strip. doesn't tell them off at all. Instead, his words are words of comfort. Your brother will rise again. He reassures them because our God is a gracious God. Fourthly, delayed answers, like here, don't mean that God is ignoring you if he hasn't answered yet. Don't give up. God's timing is often a mystery. The hardest answer to hear from God when we pray is not no. It's, anyone has a guess? It's wait, absolutely. So it's wait. 
But in scripture, faith is frequently linked to patience. Now, it is true that God doesn't always heal. And I don't know all the reasons why, except to say that we're living in this awkward gap that some people call the now and the not yet. But there will come a day when doctors will be unemployed. Woohoo! <laughs> and the whole earth will be unpolluted. And the planet will be restored. And the kingdom of God will be fully present. Well, why won't that be a day? But for now, it's partial. And sometimes the gap between heaven and earth, it kind of closes and it almost evaporates. And the kingdom of God will break through into present day reality. And like with Lazarus, the fingers of disease and death are prized reluctantly back just for a while. But we get a glimpse of what God is like. Fifthly, forget formulas. There isn't one. Let's never ever try to dictate terms to God. Because that actually is religion. It's not relationship. Religion's a funny thing. Religion tries to second-guess God. It tries, if I do this, if I put the coin into this slot machine, out will come this answer. That's not a relationship. That's bogus. It's not how God operates. God is not predictable. In uh, the, the Lion, the Witch, in the Wardrobe, you, uh, there's a little bit I love that where you know, Aslan, who is the sort of Jesus character, the Christ character in the Aslan, the Lion, he's described as, as not safe, but good. I love that. He's not safe, but he is good. Do you know that God almost never does anything the same way twice running. Let me repeat that. God rarely, if ever, does the same thing twice running. For example, Jairus' daughter, Jairus' daughter was healed instantly. Lazarus, there was a delay. And sometimes Jesus healed immediately. There was just, it was, it was instant. Sometimes he actually had to pray more than once and that was him. So um, on other occasions, Jesus healed three blind people. One he touched with his hands. One he spat directly on the eyes. Nice. But he wasn't complaining. He got his sight back. Another one he spat on the ground, made a kind of mud, and then, then applied it. So nothing happens the same way twice. And I could go into example after example in the Old and the New Testament. God is endlessly creative See, it's in his nature. So let's never try and tie his hands. It's pointless, a futile exercise anyway. But don't, don't, don't try and do that. Instead, expect the unexpected. So he may use doctors. He may use the local hospital. He might not. He might use anointing with oil here this morning. He might meet you in your own kitchen where there's absolutely nobody else around. There's only one rule, and that is... Ask. Just ask. Because if we don't ask, we're not that likely to get. Because God encourages us to to interact with him. That's what it's all about. 
God always wants relationship. He wants direct connection. He doesn't want us to approach him like a slot machine or try and manipulate him. He won't be manipulated, but he will have relationship. And that's just the best news as far as I'm concerned. So lastly, healing is a wide, wide place. It's for body and soul and spirit. Because it's great to have a fit-for-purpose, healthy body with no added limitations. Excellent, brilliant. But in general, our deepest wounds are internal, aren't they? And not visible. Not the really, really deep ones are not visible. And healing is for those too. And most vitally of all, our relationship with God needs to be healed. And it can be. It needs to be healed and whole. Did you notice where Martha says, I know that my brother Lazarus will rise again at the resurrection on the last day. The challenge to us is, can we say that for ourselves? that will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do we know him? Is that our personal experience? If not, it can be. It's on offer. We only need to ask. A couple of months before he died, I spoke to our dear friend Alan Johnson, who's been mentioned in prayers this morning, um, I was asked to give him a little spot of medical advice and um, during that conversation he volunteered without being prompted I'm so grateful for St Matthew's and I now know where I'm going he wasn't being cocky he wasn't being arrogant it was a simple statement that he had met Jesus late in life and that he knew that he'd been forgiven and reconciled to God. That relationship had been healed. Let's not leave today without knowing that that's good with us. So just before Sarah leads us into communion, let's uh, spend a little minute while we listen to a song called The Gentle Healer and bring ourselves and our needs or the needs of of others as well, before the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.